the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Two out of three students graduating from high school believe that the alternative models for marriage and family are actually as good or better than God's design. So the world says marriage is a bad idea. God says marriage is a good idea. Both cannot possibly be true. The series is called Family Matters, and our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and he's starting off the series with the subject of marriage, obviously. If you've missed any of this series, you can find it on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. While you're there, you can also share with us the fact that you're listening. That would be a great encouragement. And you can give safely to this ministry. I'll talk a bit more about that at the end of the broadcast. Pastor Layton has been concentrating his thoughts in the book of Genesis and continues there today. You know, we flourish when we do things God's way. And one of the reasons God created marriage was to produce godly offspring. He says so himself right here in Malachi chapter 2. I'm going to pick it up at reading verse 13. Here's another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears and weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young. But you've been unfaithful to her, though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth, for I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. So God right here very clearly tells us what he wants from marriage, and that is godly children. His desire is that uh, parents would raise godly children. And that goal is compromised by unfaithfulness and divorce. Here God clearly states that he hates divorce. Now in the Bible he gives us several reasons why it's valid to pursue divorce, but they're few. And, And if anyone is considering that, they need to make sure they get godly advice before they decide to go down that path. But here God says in general, he hates divorce. The marriage vow is the most solemn commitment a person can make. And what could be more serious than making a promise before God and man to take your spouse, his husband or wife, in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, as long as you both shall live? And yet in spite of this marriage commitment, marriages are breaking up at a, at a prodigious rate. And as a result, our, our society is suffering disastrously. The most important things are caught, not taught. They're caught, not taught. Your actions speak louder than your words. <clears throat> you need to model, because the kids see you. Uh, there was an example uh, given of a parent that dropped their child off on a, for, uh, for our Sunday school or Wednesday night program or whatever, and the, chi- and the parent said, see, I-, I just wanted to make sure that my uh, child knew how important it was to go to church. 
And then they turned around and walked out the front door and went and did whatever they did. They weren't in church, but the child was. So what was that actually modeling for the child? That it's important for children to be in church, but when you grow up and be an adult, it's, it's better for you to go someplace else. So it's important that you model for your children. Are you reading the Bible? Do they see you? Uh, are you praying? And I'm not just talking about around the meal, uh, meal table. Are you generous with your time, talent, and treasure? Are you involved in Christian community? Are you involved with a growth group or a Sunday school? Do your kids see you in fellowship with other Christians? You know, you can chase away your children by overemphasizing the Bible, by beating your children with the Bible. Keep your promises. Relationships are built based on making and keeping promises. I remember going through a period of time when my children were little and and I, I was having a struggle keeping my promises. Things would come up and my schedule would would uh, get sideways. And, and so uh, I thought, okay, well, I'll just fix this. I just won't make any more promises. And so my kids would come to me and, and say, hey, Dad, can we go to the ice cream parlor? We'll see. Hey, Dad, can we do this? Maybe. You know? Now, it made me feel good because I wasn't breaking any promises because I wasn't keeping any, uh, making any promises. I wasn't keeping, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but what happened is, is the kids quit coming and asking. Because they already knew what the answer was going to be. You see, relationships are built on making and keeping promises. So make and keep those promises. Be involved. You know, I I remember my dad, my dad was a busy man, but occasionally he'd come and, and watch me play football. And when I looked up and saw him up there, man, I played so good. If he hadn't been as busy as he was and he would have showed up for more of my games, I could have been in the NFL. The things that matter most at the end of life is not stuff, but relationships. So when you're dealing with stuff, keep the big picture in mind. Now, it's easier to influence kids when they're young, but how do you influence them when they've grown up and not in a Christian home? Well, you pray, lots of prayer, and you have honest conversations. Uh, Pastor John told of his father, who wasn't a Christian, and then something happened to him, and and uh, that, mor- uh, that morning, his dad said, son, I just want you to know that things are going to change. And um, they had an honest talk. And that day, his father was killed in an auto accident. Uh, so pray and, and have honest conversations. And if you're grandpa and your grandma, you're really, really important. Um, you, if your children aren't living for God, you can still be an influence on your grandkids. Pastor Jeff says his grandparents were the only Christians in his childhood. And my son-in-law, Joey, who's a fine Christian young man, was prayed for by his grandparents who also invested him. So grandparents, what you do is really, really important. And then there's something else, and that is respect is a two-way street. Parents sometimes think, well, I'm the parent, you're the child, you owe me respect. And they don't respect their child in return. And then they wonder what the problem is later on. And it doesn't take long for children to figure out that respect is a two-way street. And I think this is what leads to what is oftentimes called the generation gap. Parents say, my kids never listen to me. Well, maybe you never listen to your kids. And they're just returning the favor. So it's important to understand that respect is is a two-way street. You know, I learned a lesson when my my son was very, very small. And and it was because I made a mistake. And sometimes, folks, we can learn more from our mistakes than we can from our victories. And this is one of my mistakes. The family was gathered together, the extended family were over at dad and mom's home. My son did something, and uh, so I, I reached down, and, and I swatted him. 
And I looked at his face, and there was no response. And I thought, well, maybe I didn't swat loud enough. So I swatted him again. I looked at his face, and I could see that he was holding back the tears. He was not going to cry. I started thinking, and I realized in that moment that I was doing something very, very wrong. I was disrespecting my son. He didn't know what it was, three or four years old, but he knew it was wrong. And I needed to take care of that discipline issue, not in front of the extended family, but to take him off and deal with it separately. It is important, parents, you understand it's really important for you to respect your children because it's reciprocal. Respect is a two-way street. There's a story of a a father who was found out that his uh, computer had gone to places it shouldn't go, and he brought his son in, um, who was around the age of junior high, high school. And, and he said, uh, son, is there anything you want to tell me? No, dad, everything's fine. And uh, you sure, son, there's not something you want to tell me? And this went back and forth a few times. And finally, the young man said, well, dad, I, I've been seeing some things that I shouldn't see. And uh, dad thought about it. And he said, well, son, I could put blocks and things on the computer. But you'd figure out a way to get around it if you wanted to. I think it's important for you to understand that you're no longer a child, that you are a young man, and that you are responsible for managing your life and your decisions. And I want you to know I respect you as a young man. Boy, that spoke loud and clear to that young man. And he took that responsibility seriously. He's turned out to be a fine and godly man and husband. And then, are you consistent with your personal disciplines and your discipline of your children? Ephesians chapter 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So discipline is an important part of effective parenting. In fact, God models it for us in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, And have you forgotten that the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? My son, do not take light of the Lord's discipline. Do not make light of the Lord's discipline. and Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. If God disciplines you because you're going someplace you shouldn't be going, it's because he loves you. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Not true sons of God. The alternative is being a son of Satan. And we know where that goes. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us and respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while, while we were young, as they thought best. No father, human father is perfect. They did the best they could. But God disciplines for us for our good. He's the only perfect father that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Proverbs is filled with great wisdom. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a, a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Twenty-two fifteen: Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. 
13.24, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but whoever loves him is diligent to discipline him. 19.18, discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. If you don't discipline your children, they can go into places, prisons, gangs, violence, and so forth. It's going to lead to death. Discipline is a burden, but it's also an investment as well. It's important that you discipline yourself and that you discipline your children because sin can be passed from one generation to the next. It's called generational sin. So how long did it take for mankind to get marriage and family wrong? And do you know the answer to that question? Well, of course you do. But for the rest of us, it's a cliffhanger. We'll find out tomorrow when we come back with the next edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, supported by listeners just like yourself. Join the team by going to highlands.us and clicking on the Give or the Donate button right there on the homepage. Other details about the church, its ministries, its worship currently, and of course this broadcast outreach can be found there on that website. Again, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day and join us tomorrow as Pastor Layton continues his Family Matters series and we study verse by verse.